0: The common myth is that if you educate your kids about sex, they will be sexually adventurous and make bad choices and have unwanted pregnancy and STIs. It is true. The kids who are informed make the smarter decisions. The kids who don't know any better are the ones who get knocked up at 13 when they don't want to. So it is critical for parents to educate their children or find someone else who will, because sex at school is really just about reproduction.
1: Bum, 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 sex ed, sex ed. What's happening in your bed? We've got answers just ahead. Yeah, it's time for Sex Ed, the musical. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jennifer Tracy. That was the opening theme, Jingle to my friend Wendy Miller's podcast. She is this week's guest. Her podcast is called Sex Ed The Musical. And my interview with her, you're gonna hear how much I'm laughing. I'm laughing so much I can hardly breathe. Uh, she's brilliant. She's funny. She's really sharp, like like ridiculously smart. And um, she knows a lot about sex. She's a sexologist. I'm just so excited to share this interview with you guys. I mean, it was just so much fun recording it. I, I didn't want it to end. Let's see. So, just a quick, few quick reminders. This month, uh, the charity that I'm working with is Children's Defense Fund. So, uh, for every iTunes for every iTunes review that MILF Podcast gets in the month of April, I will donate twenty five dollars to Children's Defense Fund. You can find them online. You can find them going to my podcast. I mean, to my, not to my podcast. You can find them online. You can find them by going to my website, milfpodcast.com, and going to the giving page um, where you, there'll be a link to them and a little little blurb about them. In other news, I'm also doing this 21-day creative challenge. If you want to opt into that, you can go to my website and just sign up under the little old-timey typewriter. And what you'll get is a three-week class with me, basically, and a workbook taking you through um, creative writing and opening you up to whatever it is that you want to write. If you want to write a book, if you want to write a screenplay, but basically kind of getting clear on what that story is for you. I believe stories are the most important thing. It's why I became an actress. It's why I have a degree in screenwriting. From BU, that's dusty. I don't even know where my bachelor's uh, thing is. Do you guys know where your your diplomas are? It's so funny. Like at the time, I got it framed, and you know. But it's is it worth anything? Really? I mean, not. It's you. You know what I mean. Like, is a bachelor? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's worth it. The experience that I gained there and the knowledge that I gained, but it's just so funny. Like the actual piece of paper. Anyway, so check that out. It's a free course I'm offering for fun. And um, you can also go to my website, jennifertracy.com if you want to see what I do with writers and how I coach them and how I work. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to introduce this week's guest, Wendy Miller. But before we start into that conversation... I'd like to uh, share with you another little jingle. This one's my personal favorite of all the ones she wrote and had produced. There you go
0: Masturbation, an orgasm you never have to fake.
1: Hi, Wendy. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm thrilled to have you here. <laughs> oh, wow. So um I met you at the self-care project and you made me laugh so hard that I almost fell out of my chair then. <laughs> and just now before we hit record, you had me like snotting and crying and laughing <laughs> because we were talking about your brand new podcast. Yes. Sex ed the musical. That's right. Sex ed the musical. So how did this come about? <laughs> You know, it's so... Okay, well, there's a long story.
0: I mean, I could share that with you. Yep, okay, we want the long story. So here, this is crazy. So I have a background as a producer. I've won an Emmy producing the Wayne Brady Show, worked on the Oprah Show, been a million places. And Jackie uh, McDougal called me up and she said, I'm doing the self-care event. Can you recommend some sex experts? I already have a physician and a sex therapist. I want someone kind of relatable up there. And I said, yeah, sure. And I kind of went through my Rolodex and I sent her some names and she called me back and she said... I want you to do it. And I was like, well, all right, I guess. Okay. I'd hosted some things at my house because I got to spend a lot of time with sex educators and my friends were always asking me questions. So I used to do little seminars in my living room. You did? Yeah. Like there were 40 people in my house for the blowjob seminar with Nina Hartley. (laughs) Fun fact, for the Cunnilingus seminar, there were six people. (laughs) I'm just saying. This explains all of the sexual dysfunction in the world. The six people that were there, what gender were they? They were all cisgender females, three lesbians and three mm, fluid women. I know. I know. And of course, everybody knows what really gets women off. And it's not penetrative sex with a dude. Whatever. Anyway. I digress. (laughs) So I'd been speaking to groups for a while and I'd been speaking at special events, et cetera. But this seemed kind of interesting to me. And so Jackie asked me to do it. I'm glad you were there so you can kind of back up what happened. So the whole day was great. There were all these really great speakers. The salmon was delightful. It was a really fun day. And then it came time for the sex panel. And I really, as in general, don't talk to people. I'm kind of, I'm not so much an introvert. I'm just kind of in my own world. And so I wasn't really talking to anyone got up on the stage, and I didn't know who else was going to be on the panel. And uh, they started the introduction, and I just said, let's get dirty, ladies. And all of a sudden, everybody kind of leaned in. And I'm with two doctors and a woman from Access Hollywood. And so they're kind of worried about, you know, looking legit that I'm there. The first question came up. I just leaned in and basically ran the thing and had so much fun. And I think I really was connecting with people because I wasn't as, I don't know, well, you were there. Why do you think it worked?
1: You were, um, you were not afraid of speaking from your heart and your own experience. And there wasn't this idea of like, let me speak from my expertise of my medical degree or my practice in that way. And so it was just very real. I will never forget you said something about edgers. Like edging, said, yeah. I didn't know what edging was until you educated me that day. So do you want to tell our listeners what edging is? <laughs> well, no.
0: This is about people And I just... Now, here we go. No, it just my chair is going to make fart noise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I put her in a fart chair. This is really funny. Um No, I, basically, I, there were there were a lot of women there who were super brave to be asking questions. And I was just answering them like sure. a friend instead yeah. of someone who's actually intelligent. And so... <laughs> And so we had a great time. Like some woman was like she was afraid to buy lube, and I said, "You'll spend forty five dollars for a lipstick, but you won't buy lube. Just think of lube as lipstick for your vagina." Yes. And I just had a great time, and I, and I was really connecting people and having fun and helping people. So after the panel, I stepped off the stage, and this woman came running up to me. She's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! You're so you're so funny. You're so great. You should have a talk show. You should have a podcast. You have a talk show." I'm like what? Because you've been a talk show, ever been a podcast? I'm like no, I'm just no, I'm. Nobody. No, no. And she introduces herself and she's like this giant in the entertainment industry, like in daytime TV, like gives she gave everybody talk shows. And I knew who she was. And I was like, huh? And she goes, you need to go talk to this person. And then she drags me across the room to this other woman who produced the Oprah show after I left and us, produced a bunch of shows. And the woman said, you're amazing. You're so funny. You should, you should talk show. You should have a podcast. Talk show, talk show, talk show. And I'm like, what the heck is happening here? like, I don't look like you. I look like a normal person. Okay. And so the idea that someone would say to me that I'm supposed to have a TV show
1: is quite laughable to me. It's not to me because I was there and I was, I was not only experiencing the joy that you were giving me as an audience member, but I was watching everyone around me just fall out and like also feel this camaraderie of like, uh, like breathing a sigh of relief, like oh my god, yes, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about orgasms. Let's talk about how we're not having enough of both. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: And I was really concerned because, and and when you listen to my first episode, the very first thing I say is, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just someone who spent seven and a half years in the middle of an orgy for work, and I went in there as a basic suburban mom, married, you know, making snow cones at the block party, and the next thing you know. I'm like the go-to sexpert for all of my friends and the queen of Smutville. And it was just really interesting because I was kind of leading a double life. Back to this long story. Well, so-, so wait, we
1: are going to take another aside, which the whole show can be asides. That's fine. Because we will stay on track. But- I like a show of asides. I like. Okay, So just an aside. That's a good idea. Go <laughs> <laughs> it is a good idea for a show. <laughs> One more aside. Um, So for my listeners, because we haven't heard about your time at a seven-year orgy for work. That's right. So let's insert that here, if we will. Pun intended. Yes.
0: I was head of programming at Playboy TV for seven and a half years. I went in there from NBC. I used to work at Lifetime and Oxygen. And Playboy TV hired me to create programming for couples. And they needed someone who could create shows that women would want to watch which, you know, I kind of understood. But they needed someone who also had launched networks and marketed shows and developed shows and also wouldn't have any issues with porn. And this is a very, very short list of people, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I I took the job and basically went into Playboy TV having to learn really fast how to know about sex because I was teaching shows about how to be, I, because I was producing shows about how to be great at sex. and. I mean, I was fine, but I certainly wasn't an expert. Uh, I have a hard time referring to myself as an expert now, even though I absolutely am. But um, it's hard. I don't know why we do that. Um, But, yeah, so after seven and a half years of producing hundreds of hours of shows about sex-positive lifestyles and adventurous people and how to give great blowjobs and how to become a swinger and how to have a threesome, I basically became an expert. And I had to because I was the arbiter of taste for the entire network, which was scary. So, Because it was scary when I went in and I had a lot of judgment. I went in there with a lot of judgment. I thought, well, these people are gross. And, da, 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 da. and then of course, within about within about a week of hanging out on the set with a bunch of swingers, I realized that they're right and we're all wrong. Because basically, what do they do? They communicate with each other. They have tons of fun. They have constant sex. They're in great shape, like and they're really open minded people like this is what we should all aspire to. I mean, obviously, most of us don't want to get naked in front of 30 other people. Totally get that. I don't even shop at Lomen's, but. I do think that there's a lot to be said for the people in that lifestyle and the rest of us who are judging them. Back, 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 yep. back, back, back Here to the story, go. back to the story, I know we should have like a sound <laughs> effect. Anyway, this woman says to me, the second woman who says to me, you need a podcast. You need to have a live show. She goes, I work at a major studio and I want to present you to the team to host a show. And I'm like, what? Like, these are like the stories, like people getting discovered, like walking down the sidewalk. Honestly, I just went to this thing to have fun. I didn't have business cards. Like I wasn't, I wasn't there to do anything except just like spend a couple of hours talking about sex, which is my favorite thing to do. She goes, I'm going to call you. We're, we're, I'm going I'm to present you to our green light committee, and then I want you to come in and meet with the studio if they're interested. I'm like, what? So Jackie's husband recorded the whole event and they sent over a tape. A week later, she called me. She said, They want to meet you. I'm like, What? So I drive over to the studio. I got like rock star parking. I'm feeling like a real big shot. I go up there. I see all the posters for all of their other shows and like stacks of Emmy Awards. And I'm thinking, Wow, these are like really great, huge shows. But the show I want to do is not a daytime talk show.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Like, there's that scene from the movie High Anxiety where he's at a like at a sex conference, and this guy comes in with his little kids, and all of a sudden they have to change all the language. Like, if your woo woo <laughs> is injured, you want your pee pee. And you know, and I was like, I, you, that would be like me right. hosting a daytime right. talk show. Right. It would be completely catastrophic yeah. and stupid, uh, more so than inherently. And so. <laughs> And so I was like, nah. and anyway, they called me and I was there for an hour talking to them. A couple of weeks later, they called me back and they said, yeah, you know what? We don't think that we're, that this is really the right match for us. And I was kind of relieved in a way. Then I did something that I never do, which is I lied because I'm the world's worst liar. Like my friends try to get me to lie just to watch how terrible it is. It's super <laughs> awkward and awful. So I'm just always telling the truth because if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. So I lied and I said, oh, oh, that's that's OK, because um, I'm, I'm doing a podcast and I'm doing a live version of this thing I did at uh, the self-help, uh, con- you know, the self-help class. What is it? Self-care. <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a live I'm doing a live show and I'm doing uh, that's like I did the self-care thing. And she's like, oh, my God, we have to come. We have to see it. Oh, like Oh, fuck. You're like,
1: God damn it. And I have it. to produce a, an I event.
0: Go, OK, Sure. <laughs> So I immediately called Jackie and I'm like, Jackie, I know you teach a podcasting class. I need like a I need a crash course in this shit because I already promised the people at this studio I'm doing a podcast and a live show. She's like, calm down. I got you. And so I jump into Jackie's class. Eight weeks later, my podcast is on the air. And it was all because of a lie and because Jackie decided not to hire anyone smart. It's basically <laughs> this whole thing. worked out. Oh, That's so great. Yeah, that is so great. And it's so fun. I'm having the best time ever. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I wanted I you know I wanted these jingles and I wanted it to be lighthearted and I I'm not sex with Emily. I'm not Dan Savage. I and and I don't want to be. They're, they 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 are already doing great. My point of view is completely different. I'm just a basic regular married suburban housewife who had to figure this out and then basically became an expert at it. And that's kind of my position. And just that's my lane. Just so you lane. know,
1: there's nothing basic about you, Wendy. Like zero. I would never use that <laughs> word to describe <laughs> you. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, just so we're clear. So, okay. So I want to get to the jingles because it's still in my mind. Yeah. And I'm still peeing my pants a little bit from oh, listening Oh, I'm glad before. you're on a
0: vinyl chair. <laughs> I offered you a pillow, but now I'm glad you're not on it. Wow.
1: Oh, my God. So, OK, I do want to back up a little bit. I want to hear about when you started working at Playboy, how old was your child?
0: Um, she was four. We were just trying to get her into um, we were just starting to interview to go to really fancy private schools when she turned five. OK, so what was
1: that like going
0: in? You know, this is a really interesting question you just asked me.
1: Would you ask a man that same question, how old their kids were? Mm, I don't know, because I don't want to interview men. And it just sounded like I farted again. <laughs> that was a good one. I can vouch um, for this. She's not farting. Um, um,
0: no, no. But here's the thing. Yeah. When I first started that job, so many people said to me, what are you going to tell your daughter? What are you going to tell your kid? I worked at NBC for 13 years. Yeah. Nobody, you don't talk
1: about your job to your 4 Nobody asked four-year-old. me to explain suddenly yeah. Susan. Yeah.
0: But because now I'm an adult and I'm at this place. And by the way, I was the only female executive in this entire company.
1: Yeah. That's... Do
0: you think they ask any of the guys? who what are you going to tell your kids? Right. No. That's the kind of thing when female, politicians, when female politicians are running and they ask who paid the nanny. Yeah. They don't ask the men that. So when you ask me that question, it kind of makes me laugh because, first of all, I was never asked that when I worked anywhere else. Mm. Only at Playboy TV. And, and I don't really understand the relevance. Mm. I think that it is an inherently biased question. Mm. And I just... You know, it's funny, when I first started, my friends at NBC said, you know, when it's take your daughter to work day, we'll give you a desk here and you could pretend you still work at NBC and take your daughter to work at NBC. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. i take my kid to work. Yeah. And, and that didn't really matter. Yeah. It's funny that a lot of people immediately ask either either, a lot of people ask that question. A lot of women ask that question. Well, which question? What are you going to tell your
1: kids? Okay, well, that's not kids? what I asked. What did you to be ask be clear? exactly? I said, how old was your daughter when you started working at Playboy?
0: Right. Boy? I jumped ahead. Yeah. She was four. And then you kind of <laughs> looked at me. You kind of gave me a look. Well,
1: no, be- because... Let's roll back the tape. Every- oh, we're not- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the the one of the themes of my show is how do you balance work and motherhood? Right. Which I wouldn't ask a dude because they don't balance anything. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also terribly biased of me, but um, but true. no, I wasn't actually thinking, what are you going to tell your daughter? Because I was just thinking, how do you balance? I mean, and this is whether you're at NBC or at Playboy or making your podcast. Um, but when you said private schools, I immediately went to, because I've been through that as well oh, you're going to interview at these schmancy private schools and they're asking you what you do for a living. That was where I was going yeah. when you said the private school thing. Yeah. So just to be clear, like, I mean, yeah, I don't, uh, I hear everything that you're saying and I do think that is a common question of like, well, how are you going to do this? Or blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, um, there's very much a judgment of whether you work at Playboy, I'm sure that adds an extra layer of maybe taboo or judgment among other fellows or other people that are Maybe. asking you? <laughs> Maybe she's looking at me like, I'm crazy.
0: Well, then I apologize for... You're talking to a
1: pole dancer, oh, fantastic. A, a recreational pole dancer.
0: Then I apologize <laughs> for assuming that you were going there. I guess I've heard it so much of that course. I completely jumped on your throat and that was not appropriate. That's okay. You so didn't jump down
1: my throat. You um, were expressing a, a feeling and an opinion based on your experience. So
0: when we first started to go to the fancy schmancy private schools, I was really worried that people were going to ask me what I did for a living. And I didn't want to lie about it because, as I said earlier, I'm the world's worst liar. And I also didn't want to be working somewhere that I wasn't proud of. Yeah. Because really, the shows I was producing at Playboy TV were designed to keep couples sexually in sync so they're happily married. Yeah. I was literally doing the most important work I'd ever done in my career yeah. at Playboy TV. It was all about keeping people happily married. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be embarrassed about it, but I also knew that it was triggering potentially. So we started to set up these appointments at these fancy schools. The first one we went to, <laughs> my hairdresser had just asked me for some gay porn because we always had this gay porn lying around. So my, my backseat was filled with like a bunch of like leather daddy porn that he had requested. And we pulled up to, um, I'll just say it, Campbell Hall, very fancy school. And I, we had like a 12 o'clock meeting. My husband and I were driving separately. He was with my kid. And... <laughs> I pull up to the front gate and the guy said, oh, we'll park your car for you. And I'm like, uh, and I look in the back seat and there's like, you know, fists of fury and whatever leather daddy porn. And I was like, mm, can I, and he's like, no, no, it's going to be in the structure. We will park your car for you. And I'm like, oh God. So I give the guy the keys and I'm just hoping he doesn't look in the back seat and all the gay porn. Great first impression, right? We, we pull into the school, we get into the, we get into like the, you know, the, The place where you meet all the parents and you meet the administrators and, you know, they, my husband is African-American. My daughter is biracial. My husband went to University of Chicago Lab School. His parents are teachers. Honestly, we set foot in the door and all they're seeing is their diversity calendar. We sit down. They don't even say a thing to me. They turn to my husband and they say, why don't you tell us about, tell us about you guys. He starts talking. My husband is the most eloquent, charming, lovely guy, despite his wife. And he starts talking. His, his mother was a big, famous teacher. He went to University of, La- University of Chicago Lab School. And I don't say anything. I'm just sitting there. It never even comes to me. They whisk away our kid. They start testing her. She's doing great. I got no problems. The second school we go to, the Buckley School. We walk in. Buckley School is five seconds from my house. We walk in. They're like, our neighbors are here. Again, we sit down. They start talking to my husband. The admissions people do not ask me a thing. He's talking. He's lovely. They love him. Everybody's loving each other. And I'm just sitting there with a giant smile on my face. Then we go to Oakwood. We sit down in the admissions office and the woman says, so Wendy, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, i am I going to leave? Do you ever want to have one of those moments where you're talking so much that you know you're talking, you can't stop talking, but you keep talking? I start basically telling them about every job I ever had in my entire life. I'm having this out-of-body experience. At one point, there's a Miro poster on the wall behind the woman. The colors are like moving around and literally saying to me, shut the fuck up. My husband is looking at me like, are you fucking kidding me with this? The woman, I think, nodded off halfway through. And then finally, I'm like, and that's it. (laughs) I don't say anything about Playboy. Uh, Like I say uh, everything.
1: uh, 30 year career leading up
0: to Playboy. Nothing. Here's the thing. (laughs) We got accepted at Buckley. We got accepted at Campbell Hall. We didn't get an (laughs) Oakwood.
1: So I'm going to interject quickly. We went to Campbell Hall to interview several years ago. My my son's now in fourth grade somewhere else. And the same thing happened to me. (laughs) The woman only talked to my husband. Right. Didn't ask me a single question about myself. I was asked nothing. I was so offended. I was enraged. And I was like, we're not going there. Really. I
0: was thrilled. Are you no, kidding? No, I
1: know. It
0: was like Christmas. <laughs> because obviously when I had to start talking back then, I was just like, blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and my husband was like, what the hell? He doesn't even swear. He'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> oh. He doesn't swear at He all. doesn't? No, no, no. He does not swear. Oh. When things get particularly terrible, he'd be like, God bless America. Like he, It's like an Osmond that I've dragged into like sex clubs. It's, it's How hilarious. How did you guys meet? Oh, we met. I mean, we've been together for 30 years. Oh. Um, he was dating my friend. And I like to say that because it sounds really salacious. But then they broke up and like I ran into him years later. But we met in Chicago at Second City.
1: We You're were both, kidding. Yeah, we were both, were both in, <gasps> in Proverbs. Yeah. Do you know Susie Nakamura and Rose Abdu?
0: I know Rose very well, okay.
1: yeah, yeah
0: the her in fact, Rose left a show and then I was casting it to replace her, and they asked, "Oh, can you do a um an Audrey Meadows impersonation because Rose does the single greatest Audrey Meadows impersonation?" I'm Like, no, I can't do an Audrey Meadows impersonation." And actually, I was like i'm I'm not good for this show, and I dropped out, and all those people are so super famous now, so I think I'll <laughs> be screwed up. <laughs> But I'm I'm not as funny as Rose Abdu. So I I knew that was a problem.
1: So I kind of backed out. So wow. So okay. So you guys have been together for a long time. A long time. And before you started working at Playboy, had you um had you been exposed or curious about expanding your knowledge of sex or or like, do you know do you know what I'm trying yeah. to ask? I'm not I'm not
0: yeah. No, I I was raised in a super sexually open house, so there was like no drama around sex when I was a kid. It was at the point where sometimes my mom and dad would be like, "You guys, we want to be alone. Here's ten bucks. Go to the pinball place and get some <laughs> pizza." We're like, "Bye," because you know we lived in downtown Chicago, so it was really easy just to walk outside and go somewhere fun, and it was fine. And so I grew up with zero issues, zero judgment, and zero shame around sex. It is a miracle because so many people can't say that they have that experience. I was always interested in being good at sex. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to have a good game. Um, And so whenever I was with someone, I always tried to, you know, do my best, right? Bring my A game. Um, And so that was always interesting to me and open to me, but I never really sought it out. I didn't know any sex workers. I didn't know any people that were in that industry, but I also didn't have any weirdness about them. So just kind of grew up in a house with no problems around sex. And so therefore I have no problems around sex.
1: And so when you started working at Playboy and you were charged with these basically producing and researching and producing and cultivating and curating these shows, you just dove right in. I did
0: dive right in. And it was really funny because I think maybe if you work at Sports Illustrated, the people who come in to meet with you want to immediately show that they belong in that club. So. In my first pitch meeting, this company came in. They, were, they did shows for MTV and A&E and a bunch of other things, and they were pitching a show. And like six of them sit down. We're in the big conference room. This is like my first pitch meeting at Playboy. The woman in the meeting goes, just so you know, I don't have any problems with DP. DP? Double penetration. Oh, shit. And I'm like, that's the first thing she said in the meeting. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just asked you if you wanted a glass of water. Like, what the hell? It was the land of overshares. The land of overshares. People would come in and try to act as if they belong there. And by doing so, completely act as if they did not belong there. Right,
1: right, right, right.
0: They would completely mess up by trying. It's like trying to be cool. You can't try to be cool and you don't tell people you're cool.
1: Right. Because they thought it was an orgy, like in the production office or something. I don't know. That's funny. It's funny. You
0: know, uh, before you can even start there, you have to have a really deep background check. So it really weeds out a lot of creepers. I mean, you can't have any blemishes on oh, your background. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. Then makes sense. Yeah.
0: once you are there, there are really strict rules. Apparently, someone got fired for trying to have a focus group in a hot tub. I would never do that. <laughs> I wasn't there when that happened. I heard that. That may or may not be true. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm screwing up my NDA. But no, I I don't think I've ever worked anywhere else where I was more protected or respected. And it's funny because all day long I would be casting shows. We'd be putting up people on TV and I might say things like, Oh my God, we can't have that guy on there. He's got, you know, he's got acne on his junk. He's got, you know, Dickney. We can't have this. We can't have that. It's all fine and it's perfect to say. You just can't go oh my God, that woman has a really scary boob job and I think people are going to be confused by that. We can't have her on the air. Unlike your boobs. Like, we can't do that. Right. Not like anyone would do that. Right. But there were very, very, very strict rules. This is also where I learned when I was reading this broadcast standards of Playboy that there was zero tolerance for any portrayal of violence next to sex. Now, when you watch network TV every night, some woman is getting raped and murdered to sell Febreze, right? Because violence is a placeholder for sex. If you can show sex, you don't have to show violence. And so I turn on whatever drama it is at night and I'm instantly offended because the opening scene is like some naked woman splayed out and they're talking about she was just brutally raped and da-da-da-da-da. This to me is incredibly offensive. Having a woman who's 35 and married saying she wants to have a threesome and then having sex with her husband and someone else on camera, that is not offensive. And so I tried to explain to people why the shows we created had women with full agency, 100% consent, and zero violence anywhere. You absolutely cannot have violence next to sex. And I, I dare you to find another network that can do that.
1: That is amazing. I'm really impressed by that. And I have a whole new respect. I mean, I love Playboy and I love what they do. But now I, it's like just ratcheted up. That's awesome.
0: You know, and also there were lactation rooms. We had a female CEO at one point. I mean, this was a company that was very progressive. Hef has given Hef gave millions to Planned Parenthood. You know, people think you're working for the enemy. My, my feminist friends were so mad at me. Like you have really? betrayed us. You are working for the enemy. And I didn't want to say to them, "Mm, I worked at Lifetime where every movie was like, let's rape and murder Marky Post. um, And nobody said anything. And here I am at a network where women get to be sexually adventurous. Make all the calls and have full agency. And everyone's mad at me. And so
1: that was challenging. So. You have a daughter who's now a teenager? Yeah, she's 13. Is that, I mean, and anything you don't want to answer, you know, but do you guys, do you guys talk about sex? You must, because that's how you were raised. And like, she's 13. It must be sort of, my son's nine, so it's not quite there yet. But Mm -hmm. I've always let her know
0: that if she has any questions, I'm happy to answer them. And that's all you have to do. Just don't make it weird. If a kid asks you a question, just answer it. Using actual anatomy. Don't tell them too much because they don't want to hear too much. They'll say, hey, what is blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I even said to her, I said, listen, you know, I'm a I'm a sexologist. I know this stuff. I realize that you're in sex ed. But if you have any questions, I don't want to ask you. I of totally course, get it. Right. I'm sure I wouldn't either. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm here. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And, and I agree with you so much. I mean, I'm, I've always used the proper terminology with my son from birth. Yes. That always, is your penis. Yeah. This is my vagina. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he knows all about my period. He understands what the tampon does. Like, there's no, it's, you know, it's not because uh, he would ask. The common myth is that
0: if you educate your kids about sex, they will be sexually adventurous and make bad choices and have unwanted pregnancy and STIs. It is true. The kids who are informed make the smarter decisions. The kids who don't know any better are the ones who get knocked up at 13 when they don't want to. So it is critical for parents to educate their children or find someone else who will, because sex at school is really just about reproduction. It's It's not about it's not about consent. It's not about pleasure. And most of sex ed girls are taught, don't let them have sex with you. Don't let them have sex with you. Don't you like we are the gatekeepers because men apparently can't control themselves. So it's up to us, which is very convenient, because if women get sexually assaulted, what's the first thing that happens? That's right. What did you do? And you know something I like to do with my friends when something bad happens to a friend, just like a random thing. I always ask him, what were you wearing? (laughs) <laughs> it's like, I got a flat tire last week. Ooh, what were you wearing? What? Huh? I'm about to check at Ralph's. What were you wearing? Because it really makes you realize that when something bad happens to you, it is not because of what you were wearing or what you did. And that is, it's, that's the problem. It's that As women, we're forced to be the gatekeepers and to not let men have sex with us. And then when women are sexually abused, if women are sexually abused or there's some sort of non-consent taking place, who gets blamed? Women. And when women come forward, who gets vilified? The woman. It's a really nice setup they have. We need to end that.
1: Yeah. And for me, one of the things I'm doing at home is, is raising my son to, Not, I mean, obviously respect women, um, even though the other day he told me, I fucking don't want to. Wow. He's <laughs> yeah, nine and a half. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: What, what is it? Can you give me a general idea of what you asked him to do?
1: Get dressed for school.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> Get dressed for school. I fucking don't want to. <laughs> I fucking don't want to. He's very in touch with his emotions. Do you swear in front of your kid? Mm. I have. I mean, yes. Uh, we The rule for me at our house is I'm divorced amicably. Um, so at my house... He can say as many curse words as he wants, as long as it's not directed at me. So that oh, now okay. I'll say, he'll say that wasn't at you. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm like, well, okay, but you know. So we're now we're getting into the nuances of what that means, right? But um, shut the fuck up, mom. Yeah, that would not be okay. But fuck is
0: modifying the verb, mom. Right? It's I don't yet.
1: fucking want to. It's like describing how hmm. I'm angry. I'm like, okay, hmm. okay, okay, fair enough. He's very smart. He's yeah. very smart. So, uh, but I forgot what I was saying about, oh, raising a son who's tells me he doesn't fucking want to, but he has, you know, he started masturbating at a very young age, not knowing that it was masturbation, but, and then he started asking me about it and I explained to him and then we had that conversation. What's masturbating? How how does a boy masturbate? And I said, well, you know, I, I went through the basically, you you know, it's rubbing your penis until it feels good. You get the pleasure. He goes, oh, I'd done that on the couch. I was like, yeah. He goes, do you masturbate? I was like, yeah, I do in, in privacy, you know? And I mean, I'm sure some people think I'm crazy, but like for me, my number one rule always with him is if he's asking the question, he's ready to receive the answer at a, at a level that's age appropriate. Of course, I'm not going to get graphic or weird, but Um, he just was, okay, that's cool. And then he went on to go build his Lego set or whatever it was.
0: That's exactly how you answer that question. I'm serious. If, if there are two ways to, I like to tell, okay, so there's two ways to tell a story, right? This is, this is slightly, slightly different, obviously. I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to tell you a story the same way twice. And you tell me which one you like to hear. Okay. It's a fictional story. Okay. So, um. Last night, oh my god, I shouldn't tell you this. Okay, last night, my husband and I, oh, we went to this restaurant. Oh my god, please don't tell anyone this. Do not tell anyone. My husband and I at this restaurant, and this waitress is talking. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm telling you this. This waitress is talking to us, and oh, she was really nice. Um, please don't tell anyone I'm telling you this. And so um, we started talking to her, and um, Oh my god. She came she came home with us and we had sex. Don't tell anyone. Right? You could tell the story that way. Or you can do do this. My husband and I were at this restaurant last night. The waitress was so cute. We took her home and banged her. Which one do you want to hear? Option B. Right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because when you say something with shame in it, yeah, it gets attached. And all of a sudden, listen, I have a friend whose son went into her purse in the middle of the night, got out her cell phone, went on a bunch of porn sites and reached out to a bunch of cam girls, 10 year old, reached out to a bunch of cam girls to say, show me a picture of this, show me a picture of that. 10 years old. And her son did this. The next morning she was all frazzled. She's like, oh my God, I'm like, he's in big trouble. We dah, 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 dah. And I said to her, I, I said to her, what are you doing to normalize his curious, curiosity and sex? What are you doing to separate the shame from that? Because, you know, it is only natural. And right now you're punishing him for having a curiosity. Obviously, the way he went about it was not okay with your family rules. But what are you doing to let him know that's okay? And she looked at me and she said, oh, Jesus, I didn't even think about that. I said, yeah, because if you make this at this age, you punish his curiosity, you're setting him up for a lifetime of trouble. So we have to be very mindful with our kids, answer the question, be honest. You don't have to share too much, but you just cannot attach shame to your responses. Otherwise, it's going to be locked in and you have to uncouple that later. Absolutely.
1: And it's hard. And it usually doesn't get uncoupled. Ever. That's right. It intensifies. That's right. Because other kids that have that inserted into them are going to magnify it, you know, when they're talking about it. It's so true.
0: And it could lead to deviant behavior. I mean, it could lead to some really unhealthy choices. And this is all because one time someone walked into the bathtub and their kid was touching themselves and said, don't
1: do that. Yeah. Like,
0: what? Yeah. It's my body. It's my body. (laughs) yeah. 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 I talked to Jennifer Lang about that, about consent making your kids like giving to give aunt Betty a hug. Even they don't want to give aunt Betty a hug. You're telling them that their body is not theirs. So you got to be really mindful my of this My son's stuff.
1: doing this thing where he walks up to me and he squeezes one boob and he says tit and he thinks it's hilarious. So I'm like, okay. So it's become an ongoing conversation. He's, he's since stopped doing it. It was about a couple of weeks. He really thought it was fun and interesting and he wanted to touch my boobs and, and so we've had this whole ongoing conversation in little bitty chunks, because again, like he doesn't have a long attention span, number one. And number two, I'm not going to sit down and lecture him, but I get it. Like, he's curious about breasts. I'm his mom, the person he trusts more than anyone in the world, you know. So we've had this discussion of like, you know, and I asked him, like, would you do that with, you know, a girl, I'm make up a name of a girl at a school that doesn't exist, Susan at school. No, I would never do that. When Susan doesn't have breasts yet, she's only 10, you know. <laughs> he's like, I would never do that. You're my mom. You're my mom. I was like, okay, but what, you know, what's the difference there? And so we're just like discussing it and talking about it. And he's starting to understand slowly. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure I'm fucking him up in, in loads of other ways, but I'm really just trying to respond to that genuine human desire that we all have. And he should know that his pleasure is normal and healthy. Like wanting his body to have pleasure is normal and healthy. Yeah. But it's okay to have boundaries and say, this is my body
0: and I decide who touches it. Just like you decide who touches your body. And I'm telling you, I wish for you to not touch my body. Yes.
1: Which is exactly what I did. I said, I don't want you to touch my breasts like that, Mm -hmm. you know? And he, okay. Okay, mom. Okay. They're just so, they're just so juicy or something. They're just so squishy. Like, I know, (laughs) I know, but you had your
0: time with them for two years.
1: (laughs) Sorry.
0: Sorry. You missed all that, but it was quite
1: great. (laughs) There will be plenty of other breasts (laughs) in your future. I didn't say that. But
0: But that's, you know, that's, that's how it all starts. Yeah. Amazing. It's, and and people are so afraid to educate your, their kids. And listen, this is not my core competency. I don't want to pretend like I'm a child sex educator. I have friends who are really, really good at that. And I, I turn to them sometimes for advice. And it is important that you seek out the advice and answer the questions early because otherwise you're, you're setting yourself up for a lifetime of dysfunction.
1: And these kids now, I mean, they're, they have all this access to YouTube and I mean, he came home and said, so-and-so in my class was on his phone looking up big hair, Googling big hairy dicks. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's in fourth grade. I said, oh, did anything come up? He said, oh, yeah, we were on the bus. It all came up. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's Googling big
0: hairy dicks, and you asked him if anything came up?
1: Really? <laughs>
0: oh, I mean, you might want to. Oh, shit. I'm just saying, you might want to follow-up question for that. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, listen, Hey, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh God. Oh my God. (sighs) Okay. So, um, I want to make sure we get, oh, we have plenty of time. I want to make sure that I get to the jingles. So can we give a little bit of preamble to the fact that you wrote jingles before?
0: Yeah. So when I worked at NBC, I used to write a lot of the jingles. If you watched NBC in the 90s and you saw jingles about primetime shows, must TV, chances are I wrote them. I wrote a lot of them. And it's been one of my favorite things to do. I'm obsessed with vintage TV and with jingles and with corny stuff. And so... um when Jackie said to me, what do you want to call your podcast? I literally out of the air said sex at the musical. Like I pulled that out of the air and then I went online and I could get the URL for $3. So I I knew it was valuable. And so, so I locked that in and then, and I, then, and then I thought, well, maybe there's some fun jingles about sex because that's kind of something I like to do. And it could be really fun to have these retro jingles about fucking. And so I wrote a bunch of I actually stood in I stood in the my office in the lobby and sang a bunch of demos into my phone which I am not a singer and they're terrible but I found these singers and I sent them off to an arranger and he put them together and he sent me the arrangements and we tweaked them and then I went to a studio and had some changes in the session and then he added some instrumentation and they're fantastic. And the people who are singing my jingles are like the people that you hear on like Coca-Cola commercials. Like you hear, these are like real, the real deal. These are the real deal yeah. professional acapella and jingle
1: singers. So talented, so talented. And so these are for um, the opener to your show interstitially. You're going to have them for each episode. You have a different one or cause I think have several. I wrote eight separate jingles and I, as
0: I was writing them, I was thinking of, recurring segments I wanted to have on the show. So I have something called Screw Confessions, where people send me their sex fails, which are the funniest stories. And so I actually, (laughs) I actually based that on uh, an arrangement of Ave Maria from a church that I heard. (laughs) So if you hear that, it's actually based on a church hymn. (laughs) Sorry. Um, and then the other ones are just jingles that I pulled out of my head that I just sang and sent over. So I have one about sex toys. I've Can got we one. hear
1: maybe one or two? Whatever you want. Is that okay? Okay, yeah. If Let's I hear play them.
0: this way, will you hear them? I mean.
1: Yeah. It's not always great when you fornicate. Screw
0: I had to add reverb, so it sounded like I was in a church. <laughs>
1: Screw confessions. I like to think
0: of my show as the Church of Sex. How's that? It's so good. It's The really naughty good. Church of Sex. Oh, my God. I love it.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So... I've had such a good time talking to you. This is awesome. I could talk to you for hours.
0: Oh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Oh,
1: thank you for coming on the show. I'm opening up a file because I couldn't print on my printer, mm-hmm. but I have a... Uh, At the end of every episode, I ask everyone the same three questions, and then I go into a lightning round of questions. Oh, fabulous.
0: You know, my wedding was a game
1: show. I'm very excited about this. Your wedding was a game show? Yeah, my wedding was a game show. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) stop. Let's hear that story.
0: My husband and I decided to get married, and the wedding was a game show, and if we didn't score enough points, we weren't going to get married. And actually, he's friends with Ira Glass, and Ira heard about it and put it on a show. And he thought it was like some sort of crazy, weird way to have a wedding. It made perfect sense to me, by the way. And so, yeah, our wedding was a game show.
1: Where? How? In Chicago? On film?
0: Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. We sh- I shot my wedding. I had an ENG crew shoot my wedding. <laughs> I'm a producer. So, what was on the beta. game? The game was basically mostly newlywed game questions, and we played it straight. The night before we got married, we asked each other ten questions, and then we wrote down our answers on like you know TV sized game show cards. And then during the wedding, the judge, who was also a comedy writer, uh, asked us the questions, and we held up our answers, and we were going to get 10 points for every question we got right. And we needed 100 points to get married. (laughs) By the time we got to the bonus round, we had 20 points. Now, we had already been together for eight years before we got married, and all we could muster up was 20 (laughs) points. It was pathetic. The bonus question... Maybe it was rigged, uh, you know. Yeah, no, of course it was rigged. It was an impossible question. And then when we answered that, the whole place erupted because people thought we were not going to get married. What was the question? Oh, it was something ridiculous. Like, since you've been together, how many hours, minutes, and seconds have you been apart? Oh, right. right it was like right. 55 hours, 355 minutes, 22 seconds, like something crazy. Yeah. And everyone, was, and we both held up the cards and they matched and we were like, yay. And the whole yeah. place erupted and then yeah. we got married. But it was oh, a game show. Yeah.
1: That's fun. It was
0: really fun. That's really fun. So I'm excited about this. Okay.
1: Here we go. Um, okay. What do you think about Wendy when you hear the word MILF? Uh,
0: well, ha- coming from Playboy, I think of very sexy moms.
1: Yeah. And what do you think about that MILF as a as a genre, as a name, as an acronym? Um. Or do you have a feeling about it? Is it just?
0: No, I think it's actually a positive thing. Mm. I, but I bet a lot of people think it's a negative thing. But I think it's I positive. get a
1: mix of answers. It's, 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 it's polarizing, I bet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's a positive thing. Who wouldn't want to be hot? Yeah. I'm I'm all good with that. I mean, look at you. You're like gorgeous. Like, honestly, this is very funny. So you look like someone I work with at Playboy.
1: I do. (laughs) Yeah. You have like, you are that sexy. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'll take it. Um, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? I've been out pitching a lot of projects, trying to sell shows, et cetera, and
0: pitching ideas that I knew were very good and that people weren't getting and I was getting very angry about it. And then I, had, then I realized that it's just because they are not there. They don't, just because somebody doesn't get what you're pitching, they generally say no, but that doesn't mean it's not a good idea. So I learned to be more sympathetic to people who didn't understand what I was pitching to them as opposed to just being mad that they don't get it. So I changed my mind on frustration and sympathy. How do you define success? Success is having no worries in the world. Because to me, success is not about money. It's not about stuff. I've been systematically trying to get rid of all my shit. I want a smaller house. I want less stuff. I want it quieter. I just want my husband, my kid, a crossword puzzle, and some gluten-free pizza. That to me would be success. I don't want a lot of stuff. So I don't equate success with stuff and with money and with anything except happiness and
1: yeah happiness mm. okay good answers all lightning round of questions Ding! i wish you know i have game show buzzers downstairs <laughs> of course you, do. you know i do oh, that's amazing ocean or desert desert favorite junk food french fries movies or broadway show movies daytime sex or nighttime sex nighttime sex texting or talking Texting. Cat person or dog person? Dog person. Have you ever worn a unitard? No. Shower or bathtub? Shower. Ice cream or chocolate? Neither. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at ping pong?
0: I don't know, five.
1: What is your biggest pet peeve? Uh bad grammar. If you could Or people being late. Push a button and have for the okay. Sorry, let me start over. If you could push a button and have per, I'm glad I was two minutes early then. If you could push a button and have perfect skin for the rest of your life, but it would also give you incurable halitosis for the rest of your life, would you push it?
0: No, I have perfect skin. You do. I was thinking that as I said it, I was like, oh, she already knows. Because I don't wear skin. makeup. Never, never wore There's makeup. The farting chair. <laughs> I don't even own any
1: makeup. Yeah. I mean, I haven't bought makeup. Like, yeah. What, you know what's funny about that? I put makeup on. I hardly ever wear makeup. I put makeup on to come to this. Time. What? It's the only thing I have. I was like, why? I looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, yeah, I look pale. I, I just recently went platinum. And I'm like, oh, I should, you know, uh, I guess I'll put some eyeliner on. And then I thought, oh, I don't." I only have this one old eyeliner. And so then I thought, oh, I have that old black eyeshadow. So I put way too much and I barely still have any on. But this is way more makeup than I know. You do kind of have a smoky no eye reason. going. Yeah, I was trying, but it didn't really work. If you look closely, you'll see. I'm
0: flattered it's... that you decided to put makeup to come to my messy house. <laughs> I did. I did.
1: Okay. Um, where am I? A super superpower choice. Invisibility, ability to fly, or or super strength. Mm, um ability to fly. Would you rather have a penis where your tailbone is or a third eye. Third eye. Why would I want a penis where my tailbone is? No,
0: seriously, that's a crazy question. One day my kid walked up to me. She said, would you rather have a cat head with a human body or a human head with a cat body? I'm like, what the heck?
1: What? I might ask that on my next interview. Well, what was your answer? I said, neither. I'm allergic to cats. But <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. What
0: would you do with a penis on your tailbone? Is it like a functional penis?
1: Functional penis, fully functional.
0: Like, how do you jerk off if it's behind you? It's bad to enough that really you have to put creep. on a dress and zip it up or put on a bra. <laughs> like, it's hard enough. Like All the women's clothes are designed with everything behind us. How the fuck am I going to? What? Plus, like your pants. Like, I have to get all new underwear. No. Third eye.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. You should have a third eye. Yeah, that'd be hot, right? Yeah, yeah. What was the name of your first pet? <sighs> Arrow was a dog. What was the name of the street you grew up on? Um, I grew up on a few streets, so I'll say State Parkway. <laughs> <laughs> what she did said that with like a grin. So your porn name is oh, my porn name is Arrow State Parkway. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst porn name ever. It we sounds were going- like an insurance salesman.
0: One of my first months at Playboy, we went to go talk to Sally Ann Salsano, who was the executive producer of Jersey Shore, oh. and uh, we were trying to see if she wanted to do a show with us. She didn't, and uh, we decided we all needed Jersey Shore nicknames to go over there. And so the our head of our uh, branding was uh, is a Korean woman, so she called herself the Situation, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave my Jersey Shore nickname was when double D. And so I think that's better than better than a nickname I've
1: had. When double D. When double D. I like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wendy, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been so fun. Thank you for doing your show. It's really
0: great. And Thank I'm you. So grateful to be part of it.
1: Oh, and just real quick. So where can people find you and find
0: your show? Sex Ed the Musical is available at sexedthemusical.com. It's also on iTunes. Uh, you can I'm the world's worst Instagrammer, but I have Sex Ed Musical podcast. If you want to see the one or two things I put up every day, nothing really much. But check out my website, sexedthemusical.com, and you can see all sorts of really funny moments from my seven and a half years of Playboy TV. You can hear the podcast. You can see pictures of me that are really retouched. It's a lot of fun. Thanks, Whitney. Thank you.
1: It's not always great when you fornicate through confessions. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Wendy as much as I did. Isn't she funny? She's amazing. Head on over to milfpodcast.com. You can find the show notes to the show as well as Wendy's website, her social media handles uh, so you can get in touch with her and transcript of the show. And while you're there, please subscribe to the podcast. It's really helpful. It helps me be able to keep bringing this to you every week. I love doing it. I'm so grateful I get to do it. Next week on the show, we have Jennifer Pasteloff. Jennifer is an author. She is a yoga teacher and she is a life force. She is a, that's not what I meant. She is a life force. What I meant is she is a force of nature. And Jennifer and I have known each other for 20 years, and we've watched each other go through so many different phases of life. It's really was incredible to come and sit with her and talk about where she's been and where she is now and what she's doing. So uh, tune into that. Jen's book is coming out uh, June 4th, actually, on being human. And I can't wait. My pre-ordered mine on Amazon, so I know it's going to come. And when you pre-order on Amazon, it actually arrives that day. Like, they send it out before. So you're getting it before it's actually on the shelves of other bookstores, which is so awesome. And I think you get a discount if you pre-order it. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of school. But I just pre-ordered another friend's book, Annie Jacobson's book, Surprise, Kill, Vanish. And it, I got a 35% discount. But it doesn't matter because it's so worth it to pay for books and pay for art and music because we need more of it. I'm going off on a tangent. What's new? I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'll be talking to you next week.